Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast. This podcast was created with the purpose of being real. Diving deep into the behind the scenes of what it's like to be successful while struggling with some of life's biggest challenges. In this podcast, there is no holding back. The tough questions are asked, hard things are said, and week after week, our hosts bring you tangible tips and tricks to live your best life. We're here to show you that you don't have to settle for good enough, that you can shoot for the stars and accomplish your wildest dreams. The road to get there may look a little different, but we're here to prove to you that it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. Dream big and tune in. Welcome back to the Sick and Successful podcast. I've got my bestie with me today. Hi, Shalinda. Hello, Natalie. It's so good to be on this episode because previous episodes, you were all by yourself. Well, actually, for the last episode, I was by myself, but five before that, we were together four because we were doing our live challenge, but we're recording this in advance. So... Yeah, I'm so excited for this conversation. You guys know that I got vulnerable last week and kind of gave you a little bit of a life update, a little bit of craziness. And now Shalinda's going to do the same. When starting season two, I vowed to use this as a platform to be vulnerable, to open up about my life, to um, really share with you guys more than just tips and tricks and like teach you. I want this to be like a place where we hang out and I tell you and I open up and it's like my verbal diary. And so Shalinda is going to do the same, which I'm so excited about because this topic is gold. Well, in this topic, yeah, (laughs) it's going to definitely be interesting for me because, um, it was probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to go through in my entire life, especially as a woman. But, um, let's start off by getting into the fact that when we recorded the very first episode of season two, we had just posted it. And then my life like blew up the next day. So literally we had to take, well, I had messaged Natalie and said, you know what? There's a part in that, in our first episode of season two, I want to take out like so very bad. Can I, can I edit it? Can we get it up there? And like, hopefully nobody will notice. So if you did get a chance to uh, hear the part in that first episode of season two, where I talked about uh, my dating life, then lucky you. <laughs> Um, I had, uh, tried to date basically I was in a relationship during the pandemic. And then I stepped away from that relationship to try and just kind of like, I don't know what I was looking for really, but, um, I did try to date and I had met somebody who at the time seemed to check every single box. They wined and dined me. They invited me into their lives. We connected on all of these different levels, like intellectually, uh, emotionally, physically, like, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, he really was what I had imagined my ideal partner to be on paper, on paper. Um, And then two months into the relationship, After meeting his kids, he had two children who he introduced me to, which I mean, you've heard me say on this podcast before that I don't want children and, you know, I'm I'm a child-free life over here. But when you meet somebody that does check all the boxes, you let that guard down a little bit more when they have something like children, because it's not so hard to imagine your life taking them in when you care so deeply about the person that you've Mm -hmm gotten yourself into a relationship with. So that was my mindset. And I was 
duped into thinking that everything was absolutely okay because I was led to believe that after two months. And then, um, this guy, like he pulled out all the stops. He was talking about you moving in. He was talking about like getting married and like talking to his daughter about that kind of stuff. And like, it was so much more than just like a two month relationship. Like he really manipulated you and being on this side of things, it just sucks to see like the end result, but I'm happy that you're, you're, literally opening up and just being so freaking vulnerable to chat about this because I think so many women have gone through something similar myself included so thank you for doing that well when you're well thank you when you're dating you put yourself out there every single time you you know you're dating and I'm a divorced woman I mean I was married and after that divorce I I've dated a couple of times and and not had success so it's just like you pick yourself back up and you meet somebody and you get your hopes up that this person is who they say they are and their actions do match their words this is why this is so messed up because we had just gotten back from seeing our families separately we had gone on, on a vacation uh, to each of our home provinces to see our families. We had told our families about each other. Like I said, the kids were involved. We get back from vacation. We see each other for that weekend and have an amazing time. We make pizza. the first time in like two weeks it was, right? Yeah. We yeah, make yeah. pizzas with his kids. We have a like a movie, a family movie night. And then we had the chance to have a couple of hours to just ourselves the next day. It was a Sunday. And I don't know what this was. And I will say my intuition, I always joke is bang on. But the thing is, is I don't listen to it all the time. Mm. And in this particular instance, I could just feel my intuition like going off. I could just feel it in my entire body. I don't know what it was, but something made me think that I needed to ask him very bluntly if he was attracted to me. Again, we've had this conversation. <laughs> I can remember twice when we already had this conversation that he wasn't, but then we would talk ourselves out of it because he would tell you when you asked him that you, that he is, that you're the most beautiful thing ever. And that, of course, and why would he be hard and whatever if he wasn't attracted? Like just, he gave you every reason to believe that he found you attractive. I mean, you are attractive, so why wouldn't he? But you kept having that intuition. Yeah, and the fact that I had to continue to ask him to verify his like attraction to me was so bizarre because prior to meeting this guy, I was a very confident person in myself, in my body, in who I am as a woman. Like I encourage my friends to embrace themselves. Like that is just who I am. And so the fact that he knew what he was getting himself into, it just blows my mind that it took him two months and constant reassurance of saying, yeah, no, I'm definitely attracted to you. And then me having to say, are you really physically attracted to me? And then after two months, him saying, you know what? No, I'm not. My heart breaks. Like I can't even. And this was after we had just finished being intimate which is the worst thing. Like, honestly, I don't think I'll ever forget my body's reaction to what happened hearing those words. Cause it just confirms every single fear I've ever had being insecure as a plus size woman or mid-sized woman. I don't know what the terms are these days, but anyways, 
I've just always felt like my body was a topic of conversation in my life, in my personal relationships, in my friendships, in my working relationships and just existing. I thought that my body was just a, a topic of conversation. So dating, I, I just didn't want it to become that. And it did because it confirmed everything I worried about having him say that he was not physically attracted to me. Just, I can't like, there's so many things going through my head that I want to bring up, but like, first of all, this guy's a piece of shit. (laughs) I, when we talked about intuition, when I first, I met him once and we went to dinner. You did. Cause it was very important to me that you had met, you meet him because you are my bestie and you're my business partner. And we spent a lot of time together. You and I talk about absolutely everything. So it was very important. So in love with him. And so I was so happy for you and it sucked. Cause I met him and I was like, damn, I really don't like this guy. And then we had dinner and then I was like, okay, well maybe he's okay. And then we went to back to his place and actually had a fire. And I was like, nope, really, really, really don't like this guy. And then the next day, Shalinda and I were talking and she's like, so what do you think? And I was like, shit, shit, shit. Like, I can't lie to my best friend. I don't know how to lie to my best friend. I don't know how to lie. Never mind to my best friend. So I was like, well, to be honest, like I didn't really like him, but first impressions, like, you know, there's more blah, 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 blah. I talked it I talked myself out of it kind of a little bit because you really did care about him, but it just shows like when, when someone meets someone like you can kind of feel, and this guy was like a sleazy car salesman. Like you could tell he was just schmoozing the room, like trying to make friends with my husband and trying to like get me to feel impressed with him. And like anything that I would share about my life, he would level it up for something that he did. And then because my personality, I would continue and that went back and forth. (laughs) But um, that on the side, it's like a comment like that doesn't matter from how sleazy of a person if you've ever felt that way about your body, you're going to start believing it. And it really did eat at you since it happened. Well, it set me back. And just to kind of, you know, update the the, the situation. I mean, obviously I fucking broke up with him. Like, because <laughs> the best part was that he wanted in his deranged mind to make it work for some reason. I, cause he was just like, you're, you're everything else for me. Like, that's basically what he said. (laughs) You are everything, but physically attractive for me. So maybe I can grow to become physically attracted to you. And I said, I remember saying, "Uh uh-uh, nope. I deserve somebody who is attracted to me in every single fucking way. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Literally, that's like what I said to him. And and you know what? I, I, my first thought actually was that that was a moment that younger me would have been so freaking blown away by that. I did that for myself, that I walked away from somebody who made me feel less than somebody who didn't see my worth, somebody who made me feel like I wasn't good enough. And, um, I let people trample on me my entire twenties and my teens, you know, that way. And here I am as a 32 year old woman who is not going to stand for any of that. That's where I had to take a minute and think that, yes, this is a very traumatic moment for me, but I I'm so proud of who I've become. I'm so proud of you too. 
Like, and of course it gets in the way of business. Any kind of thing like that is going to make you feel shitty and it can affect your business and stuff like that. But what matters is like getting up from that and continue and like making it something that you become stronger over going to therapy and talking it through with a therapist and a professional, like not just letting it sink in. Um, sharing a little bit about my personal life, which is a story I've never shared publicly and don't really love sharing publicly. Uh, a similar situation actually happened with me and my husband when we were dating. And so this was a reason that like, I could really, really empathize with you because I've, I've heard those words before, except I'm still with him and he's not a sleazy person. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just uh, make sure to clarify. Steven is not a sleazy person. And this is like early in your dating. This is like what? 10, 11, 14 years ago, 10 years ago, 10 years years ago, ago. a couple months in actually, I think two months in exactly also he was trying to sabotage the relationship and he'd never been in a long-term relationship. We we moved in together after two weeks of dating and it just got really serious really fast. And we were arguing about something and he had never dated a quote unquote plus size. I definitely wasn't even plus size. I was maybe like size 12 then. So whatever average size woman, but he had typically dated like actually smaller Asian girls or you know what? I don't know if they were, I know he did date a smaller Asian girl, but he, he dated smaller girls. <laughs> and so I was like the first career woman he dated, let's say, and I, we were 21 or something. And he said, I'm not attracted to curvier. His exact words are slowly after 10 years seeping out of my mind, but they were something like, I'm not attracted to curvier women, or I'm not attracted to bigger girls. That's what he said. I'm not attracted to bigger girls. Mm. And we broke up and there was like a bar night or something in between there. And I just like got as sexy as I could. And we were, I was like going out single, but we were still living together. So like my friends came over and whatever. And then the next day I remember like grabbing his face and saying, you are trying to sabotage this and it's about to work, but I'm not going to let you. And he like broke down and we talked it out and whatever. But from that moment, so maybe he did mean it obviously I know he thinks I'm attractive now, but yeah, maybe he did mean it. Maybe he didn't from that moment for the next 10 years. I always remember it. Like Mm -hmm. I've forgiven him a thousand times over, but I remember it. I'll never forget it. And that I think there's so many women walking around with confidence every day who have had a comment like that. Maybe every woman who has had a comment like that, where it's just like, is my worth in my looks? Like, fuck, that's what we're brought up as little children, little girls. That's what we're taught. Like, that's the unfortunate part. That's why I think that it's so cool to see now a bit of a shift happening where, God, if I had the role models that today's youth have in terms of what women's bodies should look like, I don't think I would be as where, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know what, Natalie? Yes. As fucked up as I am with my perception of beauty. Clicks the explicit box on Apple. Yeah. Make sure to check that one for this episode, but uh, (laughs) it's true. We have such warped perception of what beauty is because we grew up in an era where Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, pink. If your hip bones weren't popping out in your jeans below that, your jeans were riding right above your pubic bone and you didn't see that perfect V you were not attractive. You know what I mean? If your collarbones didn't show, you were not deemed to be attractive. 
That's and so that's sad. fine. I don't care about, you know, thinner bodies, bigger bodies. Like no. I think that's where I'm having such an issue with what happened to me is where I, I did so much work on myself for the past four years, especially after having cancer. And I think that was the big kicker for me. When I got cancer, I just looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, honestly, at this point, nothing else matters except for my general health and well-being. If that means that I gain weight, then I freaking gain weight. And I did. And I accepted that. And I haven't had to, to go back to that dark place where I looked at myself through a different lens because cancer gave me a new perspective on life, especially being a cancer survivor. But my body and the relationship I have with it has changed so much to the point where I refuse to allow it to be a topic of conversation. And to affect business and like your goals. Yeah. And no. hold me back from feeling no. like the confident woman that I am in doing the job that I do, because yeah. I have to stand on a stage and bring on bands and hold meet and greet. This is obviously before the pandemic and I'm looking forward to doing it, you know, in the near future. But a part of my job is being in the public eye as a radio personality and being on social media and with our business and billboards. <laughs> right. And like, even with our business, we have a photo shoot coming up. And my first in instinct after this experience was to be like, Nope, don't want to be on camera. Cause I got to lose weight first. And I uh. thought to myself, don't go down that road, Shalinda. Like you've worked so freaking hard. And don't let one man, and I can't even say man, don't let one boy's opinion of you let anything, you know, get in the way of knowing your worth and knowing that you deserved better than that. Literally, literally, you did deserve better. And I'm so proud of you for the way you handled it. And like, yes, you were hurt, of course, but you said heck to the no. Like, this isn't a 21 year old relationship where two kids are trying to, you know, this is a man with two kids that it told his daughter he can call you stepmom soon. That was showing you where you could move your studio in. That was trying to get you to move into his home. Like, <laughs> it is mind blowing. And I want to share his information so everyone can go hate on him, but I won't because I'm professional. <laughs> You know what? That is a perfect example that in, in the world, there are wolves out there in sheep's clothing. Mm. You have to be very careful in your personal lives, your business life, because even though people seek to come into your life with what you think is good intention, I'm not saying have your guard up because I don't think that you should, you know, like just be a hard ass person all the time. But I just think that when you become vulnerable with people who you work with or who you interact with on a romantic basis, you just got to, you got to be careful. Just be careful and have tools to deal with something when it happens. Cause it will with a friendship or with a romantic partner or with a business partner or with a employee, like stuff's going to happen. But having those people like really close to you, like Shalinda is to me, like my husband is to me, you know, close family that like, no matter what they're there. I think there's an, and therapy and therapy. <laughs> Thank God for therapy. We both have the same therapist. And honestly, like she is such an angel. I mean, oh yeah. Thank God. Cause I immediately went to her after that situation and said, you're not going to believe what happened, but uh, here we go. So, and, exactly. and here I am, you know, uh, and I feel much, much better in my life. I've, you know, accepted that that was somebody that uh, came into my life to teach me a lesson about how there are very 
interesting people out there in the world. And he did teach you a pretty deep lesson. Is that something you want to get into? Yeah, sure. Like, feel free to tell me because I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you do know, but with your new boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. I have just gone through quite a romantic roller coaster over the past while. So after this whole situation, I think that uh, most people would instantly think, oh, God, you know, she uh, she's going to either go like down the Tinderella route where she just like, you know, doesn't know her worth. So she just uses guys to feel better about herself, or she's going to go adopt seven more cats and <laughs> not seven more. Cause I only have two, but you know, more cats and just like verify that she's never going to date ever again, or, you know, is she going to do whatever? Uh, I actually ended up getting back together with my ex, which is such a stigma of a conversation. Um, even your but husband, have it because yeah, even your husband yeah. nailed it. Cause he said once an ex, always an ex. And that's, I do believe that, which is why when the whole thing happened with me and my husband, I said, if we break up now, we break up. That was when we were 21. Cause I don't believe in breaking up and getting back together. That being said, I think this whole thing happened with thou shall not be named because you, you left the previous ex, the now boyfriend, <laughs> We're getting confusing. So you you left him on no per not not a reason that he hurt you or did something or whatever because of stuff that happened like with your marriage and just not feeling like he was checking every single box. But then thou shall not be named showed you your power and your value and your worth and how much your boyfriend right now cares about you and like mm-hmm. just taught you a lot. I think about some of your guards and like. Yeah. Yeah. Reminded me that I am worthy of love. And I think that the first time around with, um, the, the man that I'm with now, um, that I was with during the pandemic, you know what? He loved me. I just didn't believe him, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a sad thing to say. And I've come to realize it, but it's true. Like I just thought that my perception of what it felt like to be loved was, you know, something out of the movies really. (laughs) And, uh, the next thing you know, um, I had this experience with thou shall be not be named. And um, it taught me that what I had before was perfect. And I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why I needed to shake up my life and walk away from that situation. I think it's because I was looking for my worth in him. I wanted him to show me my worth. I wanted him to reinforce my worth. And he wasn't doing that for me. But the reality is I needed to do it for myself. Yeah. And this time apart, you have like you have stepped up so many different parts of your life. Our business is booming. We have our podcast back, like your confidence, all of that kind of stuff. He showed you that shall not be named, showed you what a passionate relationship looks like passion. What's like, what's the polar opposite to that. Right. And that's like, you know, a real love relationship that's going to last a long time. There's going to be conflict and there's going to be times where you're not communicating well, but like the love that you receive from that type of relationship is, is so different, but so like nourishing. Yeah. And honestly, like, I just feel like I can function on a higher level when I'm surrounding myself with people who I don't feel like I need to prove myself to. Mm -hmm. And I never feel that when I'm around you, obviously. And when we rekindled things, me and my guy, we, 
we're quick to realize that we do that for each other, like in both of our career paths. We, we literally like encourage each other to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And I love that. Literally last night I was holding Alicia before she was falling asleep and I was just looking at her and I'm like, you're loved because you are. And I was thinking about myself, make her cry, but I was thinking about myself as a little baby and I was loved because I was. And so like, it's a mantra. I think we all need to repeat to ourselves is I am loved because I am. I even have a shirt that says it, but it didn't really sink in until I was sitting there looking at her. Like you don't have to do anything. You can literally lay here. You don't have to learn to walk. You don't have to, you can be screaming all night with your little fever and your attitude. And I still love you because you are, why do we become women that then have to prove our worth to everyone around us? So true. I I was sitting on the bus the other day and I was looking at this little girl in a stroller and she was so cute. And I just thought to myself, what an innocent soul. She is just so excited to go wherever her mom has taken her. And she has no idea what the world holds. And she right now in that little brain of hers is not thinking about how her dress looks or how her hair looks or how, what her body looks like, or if she's funny or if she's, you know, smiling enough, or if she's nice enough, you know, she doesn't have any of that going on in that little brain. And I've thought to myself, like, why do we let ourselves grow up and forget about that? Like that little girl, you know, or that little boy or whatever. Yeah. And forget how to have fun too. Yeah. And like not get caught up in society, like society's expectations of what we should be like. Oh, that was a deep episode. That was a super (laughs) deep episode. I feel like this is literally how I end therapy where I'm like, okay, well, that's about it that I can put on the table today. This uh, appointment's over. So So welcome to the sick and successful podcast. This is our therapy. We just don't bill you for it. So it's all good. (laughs) Or you don't bill us. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But it's been good. So thank you for letting me be so vulnerable because this is totally out of my like realm of comfortable. Like I'm just not comfortable right now. And probably I'll uh, Voxer, uh, Natalie, that's how we interact is this app Voxer. I'll probably send her a voice message after this and be like, oh my God, we can't post this episode, but we're going to post it. We're going to post it. You heard it here. Hopefully. (laughs) All right, guys, if you liked this episode, if you want to give Shalinda just like some extra love and praise, like all of our social media posts, like leave us some comments, maybe send her a DM. I will make sure to link all of that stuff in the show notes below. But remember, it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. 